Welcome to the Rocky Mountain Christian Church Podcast. Rocky is a community of believers who want to know Jesus and love like Him. Let's take a listen to this week's message. It's awesome. We are so thankful for the elders that uh, God has blessed us with. And uh, I'd say the same thing as Sean said. We Man, they're just so awesome. We appreciate their leadership and their overseeing of our church as we continue to focus on the mission that God has called us to. It surely has been uh, an unexpected season, and yet in that uh, unexpectedness, we've had some unexpected opportunities as well. We praise uh, God for that. I want to welcome in all of our campuses today. If you don't know me, my name is Matt, one of the pastors on staff. We're going to be finishing up our perspective series. We're in week four. And then we'll be launching into a brand new series next week. So I want to invite you back for that. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Philippians chapter 4. That's where we're going to be today. We're going to be talking about worry. Now let me ask you just a question and a reminder uh, that uh, you're either in a church building or you're participating in a church service. Nobody's lying today. But how many of you would admit that over this past year, uh, 2020, you've had a moment where you worried about something? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Okay. Many of you did. Some of you didn't and you're liars. And he, but here's the thing. You're, you're probably didn't raise your hand because you're worried that somebody might see you raise your hand, right? Uh, we have this thing about being worried and it has been a worrisome year. There's a lot of things that I think we could all justify uh, that we would say, hey, th- there are some things happening that are a bit scary, that uh, are a bit fearful, that do lead us to uh, moments of Worry, And so I just real quick want to give you just two foundational sentences for the message today uh, that's going to launch us into uh, the scriptures. And, and here's the first one. Whatever you fear the most reveals what you value the most. Whatever you fear the most reveals what you value the most. And so parents, if you're listening, uh, if you're worried about your kids' safety, it's because you value your kids. Makes sense. Uh, If you're worried about your football team losing every game this season, like me, because I'm a New York Giants fan, it's because you value winning. That's why. And you're hoping that your team can get into the playoffs. And so whatever you fear the most reveals what you value the most. I think we'd all agree on that. And here's the, the second idea, that what you fear the most also reveals where you trust God the least. What you fear the most also reveals where you trust God the least. And somebody defined worry uh, this way, I found this this past week, says this. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God. And so what I want to do today is just take a couple of minutes and and show you from the book of Philippians this, this idea, this key thought. Here it is, that worry is a matter of perspective. Worry is a matter of perspective. Now, if you know me, you, you know I love, uh, I love Kenya. Uh, I, I've been on uh, five trips over the last six years. And, uh, but what you may not know is that six years ago when I first showed up at Rocky and our leadership here was really encouraging me to go on a trip my first year, they said, hey, we've got all these mission trips and and we, we want you to go, go on one. So once you start praying about which one God would lead you to. And, and we want you to go to this informational meeting and just see where, uh, where you might get connected with one of these uh, teams. In fact, our missions pastor at the time came to me even before the meeting and said, Hey, Matt, I really want you to start thinking about maybe you will go on the, uh, on the Kenya team. You go to Africa this year. And I remember my first thought was, nope, not doing that. Not doing that. 
And the reason why is because there's a little bit of fear inside of me. I had never been to Africa before. It was the, uh, the longest travel uh, trip. I mean, it's over 20 hours, just a flying time to get there. Uh, it just seemed the most extreme to me. And to be honest, I was looking for something a little bit more easy, just a little easier on me, my first trip. And, and so I talked myself out of Kenya uh, because I was just a, a, little, a little fearful of it. And then I remember going to the meeting I remember sitting there and God so, so pointedly saying to me, Matt, you're going to Kenya. And I, I didn't even listen to any of the information in the meeting. I was just arguing with God for 60 minutes going, God, there's no way I'm going to Kenya. And he goes, you're going. I go, no way. I've never even been on a mission trip before. Why are you going to send me to Kenya? And so I went to Kenya and here's what happened. And over the 10 days of my first trip, my perspective changed. I began to see things that I wasn't able to see over here at the States when I'm sitting in an informational meeting, but put me on the ground in the middle of, middle of Africa. All of a sudden, I begin to see things I wasn't able to see before. And what happened? Well, my perspective changed. And here we are six years later. I'm telling you, there's nobody more bummed out about not being able to go to Kenya this year than me. October has been our month the last couple of years and we're not able to go this year and I know we've got friends even watching from Kenya today I'm telling you we're so bummed out we can't wait to get there in 2021 and the reason why six years later I'm more excited than ever than I was six years ago is because I've experienced something over the last six years and what was it my perspective has changed worry is a matter of perspective and there's anyone who had a reason to be a worrier if there's any a buddy on this who lived on this planet who, who we would agree with, hey, you should be worried. It was probably the Apostle Paul, the guy who's writing this letter uh, to, to the church in Philippi, the guy who's going to be writing uh, in Philippians chapter 4. And just a little quick reminder of the book of Philippians. Paul, he's writing this from jail. He, he, he got thrown in jail because he's preaching about Jesus. He's, he's actually on house arrest. He's being chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. And he's waiting to hear from the Roman officials on his sentencing. The news he could be receiving very well could be, Paul, you're, you're going to be killed. And so he's writing this essentially almost like this, this letter to the church in Philippi, reminding them of how thankful he is for them and that the church had sent him a gift that has, had helped him. And, uh, and, but he's writing in jail. And if anyone should have been worried, it's Paul. But Paul, he had this unique ability to, to have a different perspective about God. And he was the one who, who said, nothing can separate you or me uh, from the love of God. Not trouble, not hardships, not persecution, not famine, not 2020. Paul believed nothing could separate him from the love of God. And here's why. Because he had a different perspective. And the question for us as the church today should be why? What, why did he have a different perspective? What did he see that allowed him to experience something different? Well, Paul, he had this ability to see the faithfulness of God through more life tragedies than you and I could ever imagine. And he had seen the faithfulness of God when he was shipwrecked and should have died. When he was bitten by poisonous snakes, he saw the faithfulness of God when he was stoned and left for dead. He saw the faithfulness of God when he was prisoned again and again and again. He was just able to constantly see the faithfulness of God and it led him to a point where he could actually write, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. From a Roman prison, here, look, look, look what he writes in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 
4. Here's what he says. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And here's why. Because the Lord is near. When you see God the way that Paul saw God, he, he's going to argue now. He's going to show you that you don't have to worry. And you'll notice that the common denominator in all of this is going to be the Lord. It's going to be God. Not only do we rejoice in the Lord, we rejoice in the Lord because Paul says, listen, the Lord is near. And so here's two things that Paul is going to teach you today through the book of Philippians chapter four. Here's the first one. You can write this down if you're taking notes. We don't have to worry about what will happen when we know who's in charge. We don't have to worry about what will happen when we know who's in charge. You don't have to worry about the how when we have the who. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book, doesn't it? We don't have to worry about the how when we have the who. Uh, if you know me, if you ever hung out with my wife and I, you'll know that when we hang out with our couple, our, our friends, our other couples, um, I have this thing where I don't like to drive. Anybody with me? I don't like to drive. I don't know why. It's just in me. I'm a rider, not a driver. And so anytime we, we schedule plans with some couples, I'll We'll text the guy and I said, hey, I'll just say, hey, what time are you picking me up? What time are you picking me up? Because I'm a rider and I'm not a driver. And especially if we're going downtown Denver, I hate the idea of trying to find a place to park. Anybody with me? I, man, I just something inside of me. It just, I don't want to be thinking about it. But I don't have to worry about it if somebody else is driving. I don't have to worry about parking because I'm not driving. The driver has to worry about that. I can just enjoy the ride. I don't have to think about the traffic on 25. I don't have to think about anything. I can just think about what is yet to come, which is usually dinner or some really fun activity. I don't have to worry about the how because I've got the driver who is the who. He's got to think about that, not me. And Paul will go, listen, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen in your life because you already know who's in charge. Here's how Paul would say it in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. These are strong words by Paul. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. But in every situation, every single situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, look what you do. Present your requests to God. Paul goes, you, you know who's in charge, right? It's not you. And when you come to the realization that you're the one who isn't driving, you should just go ahead and talk to the driver and let him know what's going on in your life. Let him know where you hope to get to. Maybe you ask him a question and go, I didn't realize we were taking this exit. Do you have different plans for me? We should talk about that. But I believe as a rider, you know exactly where I need to go, driver, because you are the who. You're in charge. And Paul says, listen, in every single situation that you find yourself in, there's nothing too big and there's nothing too small. You just go ahead and bring your request to me because I'm driving. And Paul says, listen, if we would, if, if we would uh, begin to do that, look, look what happens. Verse 7, it's an incredible promise. If you would stop worrying and start bringing your request to God, every single one of them, verse 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If I could sum it up, I think Paul says this, don't worry about anything 
Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. I want to start singing a song right now, but I won't do it. But don't worry about anything. Just pray about everything. You give it to God through prayer. And here's really what Paul is saying. If you want to worry, then you're actually going to have to take that issue, that thing that's causing you to worry, back from God. You can give it to God or you can keep it. You can give it to God or you can take it back from God. And what Paul says, if you choose to worry, then what you're essentially saying to God is, I don't trust you. I don't trust you with this thing. I don't trust you with my finances or my marriage. I don't trust you with my kids. I don't trust you. I, I, you can't handle it. I'm just going to go ahead and take this back from you. Even though I'm not the driver, even though I'm the rider, I'm just going to go ahead and take it because I don't trust you. And Paul says if you choose to live like that, then your life will be filled with worry. You give it to God. There's something in your life right now that's causing you to worry. Paul goes, listen, you need a different perspective. You've got to be reminded who's in charge, who's driving your life. You should just go ahead and give that to him because he's the who. You give it to God. Now, that doesn't mean that, that you don't do anything. If you can do something about whatever the issue is that's causing you to worry, then you should do something about it. The phrase that I've been reminded of this week is this, I will do what I can do and trust God to do what I cannot do. I will do what I can do. We'll do what we can do, and then we're going to trust God to do what we cannot do. And if I can't do something about it, then I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to go ahead and give that to God through prayer. So now let's just have a little quiz today. Just some things that maybe have caused you to worry over this year or maybe over the last couple of years, and you can participate if you would like, okay, this is, I just call this the worry quiz. It's just yes or no answers. Very simple. Question number one, can you heal your loved ones? Can you heal them? No. No, you can't. Can you change, listen, ladies, listen to this question. Can you change your spouse? No, you can't. Some of you just got depressed. You're wondering why you came to church. No, you can't. Can you protect your kids from all the dangers in the world? No. No, you can't. We, we're trying, but you can't. Can you make sure that you never lose your job? No. Can you get the Broncos to the playoffs this season? No. No, you can't. Can you change anything in your life by worrying? No. Can God change anything? By his power. Yes. And this is the argument that Paul is making. Because God is in control. God can change anything. You can change nothing by worrying. He's going verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, here's what you should be thinking about. Instead of worrying, you should be uh, thinking about whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Look at this. Think about such things. Verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And again, here's a reminder of the promise. And the God of peace will be with you. Paul goes, we don't have to worry about what will happen when we know who's in charge. When we know who's in charge. 
The second thing Paul will begin to lean into, and he kind of works off this idea, and here's what I know. A lot of us, including me, I'll own it, we worry about what we have and where we are in life. Many of us spend a lot of time thinking about our status and and kind of where, where we are compared to our age of life. It's true. You can be content with where you are, with your job, with your, with your home, until you visit someone else's home, then you come home, right? You come home and all of a sudden this blessing that God has given to you, all of a sudden you're looking at it and going, man, this is such a small little shack. We all deal with this kind of worrying, this contentment in our life. And I would argue a lot of people today are discontented with the way they look or with the way they feel or where they are, their status of their life. A lot of people who are even listening to this are going, man, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I wish I lived somewhere else. I wish I had a better job. I wish I had more money. I, I really don't like where I am or what I have. And here's the second point Paul will make when it comes to worry. He'll say this, we don't have to worry about what we have when we know who truly satisfies. We don't have to worry about what we have when we know who truly satisfies. And Here's what Paul is going to do. He's going to give you one of the greatest spiritual secrets in the history of the world. He's going to lean in right now and give you some information that very well could change how you view your life and the future of your life. It has the power really to kill all worry. Look what he says starting in verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord. That at last you renewed your concern for me. Again, he's just thanking the church in Philippi for their gift. He says, indeed, you were concerned about me, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned. Listen, this is something that we learn. We, he, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Verse 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. But look at this again. I have learned. The secret of being content in any, in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul goes, listen, I don't have to worry. And here's why. Because verse 13, I can do all this or I can do everything through him. Talking about Jesus who gives me strength. The idea here is I can endure all things. I'm going to be able to get through all things. All these things that are causing you to worry. Paul goes, listen, you can get through these things. Why? Because of Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who gives you strength. Paul goes, because of my perspective, because I've seen his goodness, because I've heard his voice, because I've experienced his presence, because he has never left me, because he has set his affections upon me. Because of all of this, here's what Paul says, I have learned to be content. I don't have to worry because it's not about me and it's not about my job and it's not about my money and it's not about my relationships and it's not about my health. Paul goes, look, my joy is found in the Lord because I've given all of my life to him already. I've asked him to be the driver in my life and so my joy is found to be in his presence. And to hear his voice and to see his faithfulness over and over and over again. Paul goes, I may not be able to rejoice in my circumstances, but I can rejoice in the Lord. 
Either way, no matter how it goes, if I have food or if I don't, if I have shelter or if I don't, if I have money or if I don't, it doesn't matter because I can rejoice because the Lord is near. I rejoice in the Lord. And you see this all through the scriptures, this idea, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 11, in the Lord I take refuge. Psalm 118, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acts 16, believe in the Lord and you will be saved. When you trust in the Lord, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Why? Because we don't have to worry about what we have when we know who truly satisfies. And come on, you know this, and, and I know this, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, the things of this world will fade away. You know this. And when we f- try to find what we're supposed to be finding in the Lord and other things in our life, they never satisfy. You're never going to have enough. Stop. And the idea that if we just get more, then, then we won't have to worry. But friends, that's, that's not true. Your joy is found in the Lord. Paul goes, when we trust in the Lord, you don't have to worry. We're going to pray about everything and worry about nothing. So let me just ask you today. Let's just be honest with ourselves. What are you worrying about? What you walk in with at one of our campuses today? What, what, what are you thinking about right now online campus what's wrestling in your heart and your mind what's the thing that's keeping you up late at night what's the thing that is consuming your heart what's consuming your thoughts this week what are you fearful about what what's lying ahead that you can't take your eyes off because you are so worried about how it's going to turn out. Here's what Paul says. When you focus on the Lord, you don't have to worry. You get to change your perspective. You get to be reminded that you're not in the driver's seat. And friends, that's a good thing. You are a rider. Now, we don't have to worry about what will happen because we know who's in charge. It's God. And we don't have to worry about what we have when we know who truly satisfies. Here's how I want to close us out today. I'm going to pray. My prayer for you is that in this moment of prayer, you might, through your own words, as you connect with the Father today, you give him that thing, that thing right now that's causing you all the worry in the world, that you might be able to walk out today, that you might be able to click off on your screen and maybe find peace for the first time, or for the first time in a long time. Let me pray for you. Father, today we thank you for a reminder through a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote 2,000 years ago to a church he dearly loved and reminded them this truth. You don't have to worry. You don't have to live your life filled with fear. That if right now we would come to the conclusion that God is in control, he is the who, We don't even have to worry about the how because he is the one. And we would be reminded that we can find joy in this life in the midst of difficult 
circumstances because our eyes are on Jesus. He is the Lord and he is near to us today. So I pray for your church right now as we begin to confess to you the things in our life that have kept us in bondage, that have paralyzed us in fear, for the worries that all of us are working through this year. It has been a crazy season. Worries that we would all admit are are genuine and real, and yet we don't have to live with it and underneath it. That we would choose to give it to you, that Jesus, we would say to you today, we trust you. We trust you. We know that you will be able to do more than we could ever do in and through this issue that is causing us to worry. Father, I pray that right now there would be many who would be able to take a deep breath after this message, after this service, who would be able to walk in peace for the first time or for the first time in a long time. You've got this. We trust you. And I pray that we would find joy as a church in the Lord because the Lord is near. We thank you for Jesus. Without him, we wouldn't be here. We thank you for his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It's that power that has saved me and saved many who are listening today. We pray all of this in his name. And the church said, Amen. Again, I want to thank you for hanging out with us today. If you are online, thanks for taking an hour. Niowa Campus, it was great to be with you. Frederick, I love you. I'll see you next week. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Go watch some football. We'll see you next Sunday.